The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Home of Bar Canada. A north of the border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Behind the mask. Whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, it's part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans especially. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Scott Strandy with you tonight, not from Scottsdale, Arizona, not from Pittsburgh, but uh, from the beautiful Wingate Hotel uh, in Loveland, Colorado, as I prepare for a four-day stint in Colorado to uh, to see a little AHL hockey and keep my eyes on the NHL hockey and um, get on down to Colorado Springs and take a tour of the Air Force Academy. I mean, I've got big plans this week, folks, so uh, hopefully the sniffle and the... Uh, little sinus infection doesn't drag me down too much. And uh, I uh, apologize up front uh, for the sound of my voice tonight. If it's a little cracky or scratchy, that is the issue. Um, let's get started, folks. It is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. So that means we're watching, we have been watching the uh, trade deadline in the NHL today. Um <clears throat> A quick overview on this, but first, before we jump into that, I'm going to tell you that I've got a great guest coming on, a good friend of mine that uh, is the AHL and NHL guru that I turn to whenever I need anything on uh, those two fronts. Tom Callahan is going to join me here in about, oh, 12 minutes or so. And uh, the reason I like having Tom on uh, first of all, he's very knowledgeable, but second of all, he's so up to date on what's going on. He does his own podcast. He does uh, a little bit of everything. I'll let you tell, let him tell you about that when he comes on. But um, he just has been around the circles. He's been a play-by-play guy in the NHL and the AHL. Uh, he always has his finger on the pulse of what's going on in professional hockey, and there's no better time to have Tom on than the uh, trade deadline. Okay. So, as I said, the trade deadline has come and gone, um, 3 o'clock Eastern time, noon Pacific. The uh, the clock hit zero, if you will, and the trades were um, announced up to it and announced after it, and uh, now it's all come to a conclusion. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Colorado Avalanche, nobody really knew what to expect. Um 
obviously Colorado has uh, played so well that do you really want to mess with the chemistry there? They're leading the division, the Honda West division, and the Golden Knights have played equally as well. They're just four points behind heading into tonight's action. And you look at the Golden Knights and you say, okay, uh, what are they going to do? Because they really have no cap space. So uh, any any deal that they make is going to require um, some sort of manipulation of the cap um, somehow, some way. And then secondly, as you look at their roster, I mean, their roster is stellar. So uh, I don't know what you would do to improve that particular uh, roster. The same thing with the Avalanche. They have cap space, but what, what do you want to mess with? I mean, they, uh, they, <laughs> they have a great roster. And then you look at the Arizona Coyotes, who are vying for the fourth and final playoff spot in the Honda West and are, are currently on a three-game losing streak, which has made their road a little bit tougher. They are currently playing right here in Colorado, as I broadcast tonight. Um, so you look at all of that, and you say, what was this trade deadline going to be like? What could we expect? Well, we didn't think there'd be much, and there really wasn't much. I mean, the Avalanche today uh, traded for um, Carl Soderberg, a former Avalanche player, a former Coyote player, and uh, came from the Blackhawks back to the Avalanche. And basically, it was an exchange for um, Josh Dickinson and the rights to forward rider Wolston. So that's the uh, the one move that they made today. They, the Avalanche did make a bit of a move on the weekend, though, when the, they signed or made a trade for uh, Devin Dubnik uh, from the Sharks. So that's interesting because if there was one chink in the armor, if you will, of the Avalanche, it might have been the backup goaltending spot. Uh, they tried Hunter Miska. They tried uh, Jonas Johansson. They've done some different things, but they were able to get Dubnik from the Sharks in exchange for defenseman Greg Pattern and a fifth-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. So really, those were the two moves for the Avalanche. Okay, so let's uh, shift a little bit over to the Vegas Golden Knights. Everybody wondered, could they do anything? Would they do anything? Well, uh, just before the deadline tonight, they uh, traded for Matthias Janmark and defenseman uh, Nick DeSimone and a fifth-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft from the Blackhawks, and the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a second-round pick in 2021 draft, a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft, and San Jose will receive a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft. So Jan Mark, the big piece, that comes from the Blackhawks to the Golden Knights. Again, the, the cap hit. Uh, required some manipulation, and that's where the San Jose Sharks came in in a three-team deal to take some of the salary to make it all work. So, um, you know, uh, Jan Mark is a, a solid player. Uh, you wonder, though, um, the Golden Knights have some pretty talented players, but apparently they just didn't think that they had all the pieces, so they made a move um, as much to bolster them as it was to I think keep up with the Avalanche and make sure that the Avalanche didn't get too far ahead of them. But time will tell, right? I mean, uh, they're both going to make the uh, playoffs in the Pacific Division. It's a matter of who wins the division, I believe, right now and who, who finishes second. So that was interesting. And then the most interesting part of the day, maybe, maybe not, maybe everybody knew this, but the uh, Arizona Coyotes did nothing today. They made no moves. They stayed pat. 
Um, we know their cap space was not uh, easy. We know they're in um, dire need of draft picks, so that was probably quite a big part of it as well. And uh, because they needed those draft picks, um, they, they couldn't afford to putting draft picks up in a trade. And, and I'm not really sure what the Coyotes would be looking for. Um, again, they have a pretty solid lineup. They uh, are behind, obviously, the uh, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. So it didn't make, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be like they were going to pick up one guy and, and, and jump everybody. But uh, I think they would like to make the playoffs and give themselves at least a shot to see what happens. Um, so we'll see what happens. They, they, they pulled up some guys from the, uh, the AHL franchise in Tucson and had some really good luck with them. Uh, Connor Garland, of course, coming into his own. Um, hopefully they're going to get their two goaltenders back. And in the meantime, Aiden Hill is doing a uh, outstanding job, uh, holding down the fort, uh, for the big club. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, it was a very interesting, uh, day. And I think, you know, I was on the road most of the day and listening to NHL Network, and I think the consensus across the NHL was, hey, this is a COVID year. The uh, owners aren't making a lot of money this year. They aren't making any money, basically. Um, so how much would they be willing to, to jump in, to, to buy in, if you will, to try to uh, acquire somebody, um, not just for this run, but maybe long-term uh, based on a financial situation? So... COVID has not only uh, dictated games played and games not played, but also the fact that the uh, the owners maybe are a little bit gun-shy, if you will, about making big deals and, and going along with that. So anyway, that's uh, kind of the way that broke down. I think probably that one of the biggest deals, there was a couple that were kind of stunners today, but one was the, um, the acquisition, the trade between uh, – the Washington Capitals and the uh, Detroit Red Wings, which was really something. Um, I don't think anybody saw this coming, but certainly the Red Wings came out okay on this one. But here's the deal. Washington Capitals acquire Anthony Mantha uh, from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for forwards Jacob Vrana and Richard Panic. Um a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick. So Mantha got the uh, Red Wings uh, quite a haul in most piece in most people's cases. But uh, when you look at it from the capital side, maybe they just think that uh, Anthony Mantha is going to be the guy that uh, solidifies their roster to uh, a run for another Stanley Cup. And if that's the case and he does that, um, you never know. Okay, so it, it was interesting. People uh, had raised eyebrows in some corners. The other one um, that really, I think, was intriguing to a lot of people and one they were waiting to see what would happen um, all along was um, very early this morning or maybe even last night, the whole deal came down. I, they announced that, I know, this morning, but the Boston Bruins acquired Taylor Hall. They also got Curtis Lazar from Buffalo Sabres in exchange for forward uh, Anders Bjork and uh, second-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. So they brought in um, a guy who uh, won the Hart Trophy three years ago, four years ago now, um, but yet has uh, not been able to find a home, really. I mean, he's gone from the Devils to the Coyotes to uh, Buffalo. Um, now 
over to Boston. So uh, all of these bouncing around, you got to wonder, uh, as Taylor Hall finally found a place where he can play and he can, you know, I looked at one of the stories today and they were talking about um, he's just going to be one of the guys. And maybe that's what Taylor Hall needs. Maybe he doesn't um, necessarily perform the best when he's the star on the team like he was at, at Arizona and certainly in New Jersey and, and in the Buffalo as well. Of course, they have Jack Eichel. But um, I think the pressure is definitely off Taylor Hall now, and it's also a contract year for him. So he'll be looking to uh, put his best skate forward, if I will, uh, as he uh, moves forward. So anyway, that's kind of the breakdown. I mean, there were, there were some other deals that went down. I mean, um, uh the uh, Blue Jackets traded their captain, Nick Foligno. I guess that's kind of a big deal as they sent uh, uh, him and Stefan Nosen to, uh, the San- from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a first-round pick in 2021 NHL draft and the uh, fourth-round pick in 2022 uh, draft as well. Um, those will be going to Columbus, and then a fourth-round pick uh, in the 2021 draft will go to San Jose. So, again, a cap move, uh, numbers move, a few players, but obviously Nick Foligno uh, being the captain of the Blue Jackets and now headed on his way to uh, the Maple Leafs. So the, the rich got a little richer there. Um, Vegas fans will know this name. Uh, John Merrill was traded today uh, from the, Can- the Red Wings to the Canadians. So John Merrill, the strong defenseman, uh, played a couple of years for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, um, was dealt. And uh, the Red Wings got in return a fifth-round pick in the 2021 draft and forward Hayden Verbeek. So um, it was interesting. And I think it'll be really fun to get uh, Tom's take on it all when we get him on here in just a few minutes to find out uh, you know, his thoughts on, on how everything played out. Um, but other than that, there was – not a lot of action, but the action that was there seemed to be um, meaningful, if you will. Jeff Carter moved today, so he uh, was able to uh, finally leave L.A. and get to Pittsburgh, of all places. So we'll wonder about that. Um, also, uh, see who else on the big the big board. Um, the Maple Leafs also got a goaltender. They got David Riddick from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a third-round pick on the 22 NHL draft. So, um, yeah, there's some different things that are happening out there. But I think everybody was kind of on pins and needles today waiting to see if there was going to be like a big trade that was just going to blow everybody out of the water that maybe nobody had thought of. And uh, it just didn't happen. So let's take a quick break. Let's see if we can connect with – Tom Callahan in just a few minutes, and right now we'll listen to uh, a couple of messages from our partners. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. 
to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, and we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Loveland, Colorado tonight as I prepare for two nights of watching AHL hockey with the uh, Colorado Eagles and the Bakersfield Condor. So looking forward to that. Also, we'll be making a trip down I-25 to uh, the beautiful Colorado Springs area to check out the Air Force Academy and the new building going up for Colorado College uh, 
um, and uh, also the new coach at Colorado College. And I'm going to stop in and say hello to the guys from the NCHC. So lots of stuff planned for you before I head on my way over to uh, St. Louis for, uh, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So five nights uh, covering the ACHA D1 Men's National Tournament. So lots of stuff going on. Uh, Games going on tonight. Everybody in the Honda West is playing with the exception of Minnesota and St. Louis, which was postponed this afternoon, of course, after the tragedy in Minnesota or Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, where uh, we had another horrendous um, shooting, police shooting and uh, protests underway. They've actually instituted a a curfew, a 7 p.m. curfew, which I see on CNN is not being adhered to very well. Uh, People are very upset. Um, as they more than likely have a right to be. I mean, it's, again, it was another uh, controversial thing that happened. And, um, you know, when is it going to end, folks? I mean, some point, sometime, it has to end. So uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild, we're going to host the game. They said, you know, guess what? We're going to uh, respect what's going on in our state, and we are going to just uh, put hockey aside and reschedule the game for May 12th, I believe, is what they came up with. So, um, Colorado, right where I'm at, taking on Arizona right now. Vegas taking uh, on Los Angeles. Um, and let's see, San Jose and Anaheim are doing business tonight. So let me run down the standings as they started play tonight. Uh, Colorado up on top with 60 points, uh, 41 games played, 28 wins, 9 losses, and uh, 4 overtime games. Um, Vegas, 40 games played, 27 wins, 11 losses, and two overtime games for 56 points. Minnesota holding down the third spot, 40 games played, 24 wins, 13 losses, and uh, three overtime games for 51 points. And then St. Louis just leapfrogged the Coyotes, who, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that uh, they lost three straight. So Coyotes have played 42. Uh, 19 wins, 18 losses, five overtime games, and 43 points. The uh, San Jose Sharks hanging right in there. 40 games played, 18, 18, and four for 40 points. Uh, Los Angeles Kings are still right in the race as well for that fourth spot. Um, 40 games, 16, 18, and six at 38. And then the Anaheim Ducks, who, uh, Continue to struggle uh, this season at 42 games, 12 wins, 23 losses, 7 ties, and 31 points. So, I mean, as you look at that and, uh, you, you know, you jump to the scoreboard and, and you see right now that, uh, that the games that are going on, uh, they're very, very meaningful. And they continue to be meaningful because every game is four points in this crazy COVID year and the way you're playing your entire um division only so when you look at that and you go wow that's uh (laughs) that's pretty crazy because uh, you know it's not like you get to go play a a team from another division and it's a two-point game no these are all um games that are uh uh four points so if you win you pick up four if you lose um guess what you uh (laughs) You, you lose four points and you know it doesn't take long in a 56 game season uh, much of a losing streak at all to take yourself completely out of the action if you will 
So while we wait to see if we can connect with Tom, I'm not sure what the uh, situation is, but while we do that, let me just walk through some of these other trades just for uh, everybody that may not have heard today. So I'm going to go from the latest trade to the back to the oldest trade, if you will, or the earliest to the oldest. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired uh, defenseman Ben Hutton from the Ducks in exchange for a 2022 fifth-round pick. So um, the Ducks moved somebody, and Maple Leafs got yet another player, another defenseman. I don't know where the Ducks or the Maple Leafs are going to put all these people, but uh, San Jose Sharks acquired Alexander um, Barbanov from uh, the Maple Leafs in exchange for forward... Uh, uh, anti Sumilia, so the Maple Leafs will acquire Anti Sumilia. Um, the Capitals, as I said, uh, made another move. They got Michael Raffi from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for a 2021 fifth round pick. So again, more um, more depth, I guess, is what we can say for the Capitals as they continue to uh, try to build that return to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and then you look at the Nashville Predators. They acquired defenseman Eric uh, Gudbrinson from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Brandon uh, Fortunato and a 2023 seventh-round pick. So Gudbrinson traded uh, to the Predators and Senators. And um, I don't have uh, Tom, but I've got the next best thing, <laughs> especially if we're talking hockey of any sort. I've got my co-host from Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, I just reined him in. It's like, you know what? You, you, you send out the bat signal, and usually it reaches uh, Long Island, New York, and Paul's with me. So, Paul, welcome to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly again. Uh, I, I figured you'd be tired of me by now. <laughs> uh, no, but what I am tired of is this, you should crazy, be. this sinus infection that I have, and trying to talk for an hour by myself would not be good. So I'm not sure where we lost uh, Paul or Tom at, but... Thank you oh, you for lost joining me, me a long. T- you lost me a long time ago. So that's. <laughs> well, I was just telling the folks that uh, it's been a different year, as you would expect in, in COVID twenty twenty one. But um, one of the teams that a lot of people, at least on the NHL Network that I listened to today, thought came out of this trade deadline really well were your hometown New York Islanders. So let's start right there, Paul. Tell me a little bit about what you thought about the Islanders deal. Deal. Well, well, listen. They had they 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 got a, a top six guy that they needed. Um, I don't know how they seem to uh, uh, got the lines the way they want them after the first few games, as the coach said. Uh, but you know they 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 got their Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the Devils. Cost them a first round pick in this year's draft. Which, if it's thirty first, who cares? If it's thirtieth, yeah, exactly. I, I I'll be a little <laughs> cranky if it's thirtieth, but I wouldn't really be able to complain. So once again, who cares? Um, right. uh, I I de- I mean, I can can I complain if it's twenty eighth or twenty ninth either? No, no. I, well, I will, but I could really can't because that means well, once again they're in the, the the they're in the semifinal. You know the the I can't. You can. You can't call them the conference semi, the conference finals this year. You just you have call to call them, them the semifinals. So that yeah, means they're in the last the, four. So how about if we say the NHL Frozen Four? <laughs> I think that term has been copyrighted. Oh yeah, I think you're right. 
Anyway, so uh, um, so once once the Islanders lost Anders Lee, though, um, did did so, it feel uh, on the island like they needed to do something? Uh, well, I don't think there's any question that that everybody thought they had to do something. Um, whether or not they were going to is is it was anybody's guess. Uh, there is nobody, and anybody who follows the National Hockey League. There is no body that plays things closer to the vest than Lou Lamarillo. Uh, there are many a stories of 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 him telling other GMs, "If you leak this, it's done. We're not doing it." Yeah. Now I I don't know how accurate those are, um, but let but me I'm tell guessing you. they're pretty accurate. Yeah, I think you're pretty accurate on that one. You know, um, so it's it's to to me it's um, you know not a surprise that he made a move. They made the move last year and picked up Pajot, cost them that first that first round pick. Um, and the first question I had, you know, and and they went and turned immediately around and signed him to a six year deal. So, um, you know, they they definitely uh, made the right call in that. And Pajot has been a great player for them. Um, they not only got Palmer, they got Zajac. They got guys that have won Stanley Cups. Right. And that never you know, hurts. It de- never hurts. I'm 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 one of those guys that will occasionally make fun of a general manager with its, we have, we have coach speak. We have front office speak. You know, he's a crafty veteran. Sometimes that's accurate, right? Sometimes it's just BS saying, being said, because they have nothing else to say. Okay. Good Um, point. You know, and, and, and they didn't give up any real – and they really didn't give up anything for those two guys. The Devils kept some of their salary. They're both, I believe, uh, unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. So it's, 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 it's a win-win. It's not going to affect their cap space next year. They were able to use the cap space for uh, Andrews Lee going on long-term IR. And – so they, they it, it it was something that they needed to do. I think Zajac was the extra kicker that really helped. Uh, that's really going to help the depth in this team. Um, he's really good in faceoffs. As a matter of fact, uh, even though Matt Barzell is listed as the center, they had Zajac playing on that line last night, and he was taking most of the faceoffs. Well, he's a right-hander too, and that uh, is really really important. Uh, everybody was talking about it all day long about Travis Sajak and his ability to take draws as a right-handed uh, shot. So, yeah. So uh, they they went from honestly they went last year uh, before they picked up Pajot to having a weakness up the middle at center, and now they have five centers in their everyday lineup. So uh, they went it, it went from being a, a perceived weakness to 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 now a strength. So. 
Um, they also picked up a defenseman uh, uh, from that that uh, was on was on the Tampa Bay winning team last year. Um, Colburn, Ray, more experience. Colburn. Um, well, it gives them some depth actually at, at defense. Um, when Noah Dobson went into COVID protocol for about two weeks, uh, they kept calling it protocol, which clearly if he was out for two weeks, he was more than just protocol. Um, you know, they, they, they had Thomas Hickey there and he was, he was more than he was adequate. He was, you know, he wasn't an embarrassment. He he hadn't played in two years. Okay. But once again, uh, they bring in Coburn, another guy who won a cup. And not just and not eight years ago or not six years ago, last right. year. Yeah. Okay. okay and another so, unrestricted free agent. So let's look at your Mass Mutual Eastern uh, Division, if you will. Um, the Islanders and the Capitals in a dead heat for uh, the top spot with 58 points. Uh, Pittsburgh made some moves, um, or made a move, I guess, at 56 uh, I points. To, I hate to say it because I, I think that's a good move for them. Uh, Jeff Carter? Picking up, picking up Jeff Carter from the Kings. I do, too. Um, I do, too. Uh, you know, I, 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 I hate to say anything nice about Phil. Oh, I'm not going to say that either. <laughs> that place in eastern, yeah. uh, west, uh, eastern Pennsylvania. That's not where you were this past weekend. Yeah, I was in uh, on the other side of the state. Um, okay. I don't want to say anything nice about them either. So um, <laughs> uh, I'll say something nice. They have a beautiful arena, and they were very hospitable. I'm sure they. I'm sure they were. I am. <laughs> I am sure they won. Um, but I'm. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was a very nice building. I'm not trying to uh, knock the building at all. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Paul. Uh, okay. You follow the East very closely. And uh, as I just said, the Islanders and the uh, Capitals uh, right tied up near the top. Uh, the Capitals made an interesting trade today. And I think everybody that I heard on uh, the major networks were talking about how Steve Eiserman really got the best of the deal. Uh, your thoughts on Anthony Mantha going to Washington. Is he going to be a difference maker there right now, right away? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. They gave up a lot for him. Oh, a did they ever? And a, a first and a second round pick and two players. I mean, Brama was one of the players, and, and he's pretty solid. And 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 Panique, I mean, these guys are not, not not. These are this is a pretty solid pickup for Detroit team that is struggling. Oh and yeah, it's trying to work its way back. Um. I just, I, I, you know, once again, I don't know if, if Washington's issue was scoring. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, well, I, I mean, I, who knows? They're, they're a plus 20 differential. So um, I guess if you give up too many and you don't score enough, that differential comes down. You compare that to Colorado, by the way, which is a plus 50 in the differential category. Uh, I assume we're going to get to them at some point, right? We are. Um, so when you look at Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Boston, and then the uh, the red shirts and the uh, Flyers and the 
the uh, Devils and Buffalo kind of rounded out. And by the way, by the way, uh, you know, three weeks ago, uh, I I would have said the the Bruins, uh, you know, came out okay. Uh, Now, I I don't even know. I mean, the Bruins got stomped last night. They are, I mean, they're fortunate that the Rangers struggled for a couple of weeks. Uh, there, I said it. I gotta have to take a sip. It's an ASU thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an ASU thing when we mention that other town. Um, uh, Philadelphia, and I'll use the right name for it, not the other one that I use on on Twitter. Um, I don't know what happened to them. They're supposed to be in the finals. They were supposed to automatically be in the finals. How come Carter Hart's not in the Hall of Fame already? <laughs> right. Come on, guys. This is what I was told at the beginning of the season. The Flyers are going to win the Cup. Carter Hart's going to be the Vesna, the MVP, the Richter, the Rocket <laughs> Richard Trophy winner, every other trophy winner. He's God, and he should be in the Hall of Fame right now. <laughs> I knew you'd be worth it. I knew it'd be great to have you on. <laughs> He's a little fired up, folks, and it's not just college hockey that does it to him. <laughs> okay. I, I, oh, this is, what, this is what I was told, that everybody should just not play and just give the cup now to the Flyers because they got on a run at the end of last season, and they're great. <laughs> Yeah, how's that working out? Okay, so so before we jump to another comp or another division, um, Boston picked up Taylor Hall, and I think everybody was waiting to see what was going to happen. Um, let me go through the Taylor Hall thing one more time in case people missed it. Uh, New Jersey, then to Arizona, then from Arizona to Buffalo, and now Buffalo to Boston. Has Taylor Hall finally found a place where he can excel? And I did that with air quotes. I don't know. Does anybody? <laughs> no, nobody does. Is, 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 is he gonna? Is he gonna do it in Boston this year? Is he gonna help them get out of the division? <laughs> I mean, they're like I said, Goodness. they're fortunate that that they have some games in hand. And they got three on all three of the teams ahead they, of them. They do, and if even if they win all of those games, and the way they're playing right now, that's iffy. And let's not forget, you know, they had their own issues with COVID. And, and let me ask you this, Paul. And so at the, end year, of the season, at the end of the season, they're going to have to play like seven games in nine days. How's that work for hockey at the NHL yeah. level? Yeah, it doesn't work very well. But let me ask you this. Remember back when you were watching uh, hockey all day, every day in the in the bubble? Yeah, I love um, that. And, and, that, and their goaltender issue came up where Tuka Rask left. Um, has yeah. Boston been the same since that? I don't think so. I don't either. Because uh, right now they don't even – not either. only did Atlanta have Rask, the, uh, Halak is out. And yeah. they're playing rookie goalies. Welcome to the Arizona Coyotes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't happen to Boston every year like it happens to <laughs> – uh, I know, like it happens to the Coyotes. So uh, okay, 
so I gave a little rundown, Paul, of the uh, Honda West division before you came on. Right. And I want to I want to get your opinion on this because oh, I'll give you. I knew this was you, coming. Yeah, I'll give you my assessment, and then you tell okay. me what you think of it. Okay, fair okay. enough. Okay, so well, fair enough. Of, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you anyway. But you know, I know you are. What do I know? <laughs> so, so Colorado, um, they have a plus fifty point differential. Um, right. They they lead the division with sixty points, four points over Vegas. They're loaded mm-hmm. top to bottom. The only question that no, see, they're not loaded. Had, they're not oh, loaded at the bottom. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. They they are loaded from the top down until you get to the goaltender and. We've talked about yep. this numerous times. They went out on Saturday, I think, and got Devin Dubnik from the uh, right. uh, San Jose Sharks. So right. my question to you is, does that make them any better? No. Okay. They got uh, I know my I, I know if my buddy Brian, <laughs> who's, a, who's, who's an Avalanche fan, he's a fellow ASU alum, and uh, he is a uh, an, an Avalanche <laughs> fan. Um, I, I, I prom, you know, uh, he, he might disagree with me, but only a little because I'm sorry. <laughs> um, when I think, well, when I think championship goalies, uh, uh, um, yeah, no, sorry. Not Devin well, Dubnik. There, sorry. There, there was a time, Paul, when he played for the Arizona Coyotes where he was red hot and right. he was so red hot that the Minnesota wild, took him very, very badly because they needed uh, – they thought he was going to be their guy. That was yep. a few years ago now. He's moved around. Yep. He was back. And, and the San Jose Sharks give a lot of credit to him for helping Martin Jones. Now, that's I don't great. know. That's great. Once again, San Jose is, yeah. Once again, <laughs> San Jose I guess that's where points. the crafty veteran would come in, right? Right. So my question to you is um, – Colorado can score with anybody, obviously, and, and more than anybody, obviously. But can their goaltending do what needs to be done to win a Stanley Cup? Are you asking me or are you? Or, no, or, I'm asking you. Oh, to me, the answer is no. Okay. Now, so if I'm, wrong, opinion- if I'm wrong, I know you're not going to let me not hear it. <laughs> But, but anyway, okay. and 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 I and and I know you're going to make sure uh, <laughs> if when you get to Colorado to remind people to you know to to whatever you call sending messages on Twitter and say direct messages. <laughs> well, well, direct messages, posted messages, Twitter messages. Who cares? Whatever they call them, um, posts, feeds, threads. I know you're going to say make sure you send. His his predictions and how wrong he is to this Twitter handle, but I'll, I'll stick by it. Uh, show me a, show me a, show me a, 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 one which one of those guys is is proven that they're going to put a cup uh, in the hands of the rest of the players. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, could they win because they are just so talented? You can ask Tom too, but I, I, I say they're not. <laughs> going to win because who would you rather be in the playoffs with who whose goaltending would you rather have in the playoffs Colorado's <laughs> or Vegas's yeah I know who I'm gonna pick but I, I gotta stay partial on that so <laughs> well well listen 
uh, we're all part of the same group, right? I'm supposed to be impartial too. I say no. And if you wanted me to, if you wanted me to quote unquote be impartial, you would not have asked the question. Okay. Well, I'm I'm in Colorado, but I'm going to still say that I'll take the Vegas goaltenders uh, over over that. But I think we have Tom Callahan with us. So, Tom, are you there? Uh, we do. I have to apologize. <laughs> Seven. And totally didn't realize that it meant 730 uh, Mountain, <laughs> not 6. Uh, I'm sorry. I got all this. I hate that Arizona doesn't change its clocks. It drives me nuts. Uh, uh, well, we should all be on, me, day, on daylight savings time for 12 months a year, Tom. I will say that from now until the heavens. I would love it if they just get rid of it all together. Like, just, no, that's just exactly right. That's what I'm saying. The whole country, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, so so Tom, we're we're into the discussion on the Honda West, uh, the trade deadline. I don't know what your thoughts were, so I'm going to let you just kind of give us a general overview of what you saw today from the NHL, and uh, and let us know um, what was it a trade deadline that you would expect in COVID times? You know, it's it, boy, it was a weird deadline, wasn't it? Because of cap and COVID, I think. Oh, uh, more absolutely. So. So did you, uh, in, in your thoughts when you saw what happened, was it what you were expecting or did you have no expectations? Uh, I see Tom. I see his ring lighting up, but I don't hear him. Okay. What What oh, are we doing now here? Now I hear Let's you. See. Now I hear you. I hear you. Can, okay. Yeah, we got how you about, now. How about now? Do you guys have it? Yeah. You got me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, Weird. Good. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of a strange deadline all the way around. I look at it from a, a couple of standpoints. Number one, I wonder where prices were going to go. Period. Just because is this not the weirdest year we've ever seen with all these three team deals? I mean, you know, oh, in this crazy. Cap, oh, the, the cap crazy world. So uh, we're all wondering how our big trades going to happen. And honestly, there weren't a lot of big time pieces uh, available. The ones that were. Um, I think went cheap. I think the prices paid were pretty low. Um, it was it was a very unusual deadline for me. Um, I thought the winners were the teams that added a little bit where they needed to. Um, I thought Florida did uh, as well as they could, adding uh, Montour and then getting Bennett from Calgary. I thought was tremendous. Yeah, um, Toronto loaded up. I thought they did a nice job. Short there, that's as good as Toronto's going to get. The Islanders won early, uh, and then. Uh, kind of central through the West. I thought the blues did good. And so did Minnesota to kind of stand pat because they realized they're at a place where they're not probably not, I'll say probably not going to beat Colorado and Vegas. So they still have talented cores, especially the, the wild Billy Garen's doing a great job building that team. Uh, St. Louis is starting to come around again. I think Arizona falls out. And then, so I think that those teams did good to not mortgage the future. Um, and, and kind of go with what they have and maybe see if they could put together a run. The Central Division was weird. Uh, I thought Detroit held out for high prices, and, and they actually got one at the end of the day um, with really the only big-time deal they made. I think Steve Eiserman was kind of controlling his asking price, and that's why Jonathan Bernier didn't move. Uh, I think we lost Tom again. <laughs> Tom, are you still there? 
You know what it is? It's every time my phone screen shuts off, you guys lose me. I gotta put this oh, thing on see, and stop I, I falling had, I asleep. I had to learn that myself and, and put on never lock, so um, that, yeah. might, that might help too. Um, so, uh, go ahead. I'm gonna ask you a general question, Tom, and and, and, you, and you can answer this. Um, I, and I, I like Nick Felino, okay, and 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 obviously Colorado is uber talented. Did any of them acquire anybody that can play goalie? Uh, man, you know, um, I, isn't it kind of funny how the goaltending market was this year, uh, all the way around? I, I like that Riddick went to Toronto. Um, I think Colorado is just throwing stuff at the wall at this point oh, exactly. to see what fits. And, uh, I mean, cause I don't like Dubnik and I've never liked Dubnik. Um, Johansson out of Buffalo, he'll be better in Colorado just cause he's not in Buffalo, but, um, you know, <laughs> so would they were I. <laughs> well, right. And so I think that, you know, the Avalanche still, especially with Franco's out for the year, um, still has concerns there. And that's going to be a problem for them. I would have liked to have seen uh, a couple teams, I think, add depth goaltending. But look, I mean, Washington's third goalie is Craig Anderson. Um, you know, that's but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'd almost rather have a vet like that who's available and who can be part of the the team and understands his role as opposed to maybe having a few young guys that are trying to compete. Um, man, it's crazy, though. The way this year has gone, because the schedule's so compacted, I think we're going to see more injuries. Guys are getting worn down, plus you've got the COVID factor. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, if if Grubauer falters or gets hurt, Colorado's in trouble. Um, you know, this, like I said, I'm just, I'm just the outsider here, and, and, and I see – fewer West Coast games than you guys do. But, uh, I mean, I saw Grubauer in Washington, and there's a reason why uh, Braden Holpe hung around and he didn't. Um, sure. You know, uh, to, you know to, to me, um, that's going to be the difference in the end between Vegas and Colorado. The, 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 the talent difference on the rest of the roster is, is, is definitely – to me, slightly in favor of Colorado, except for that last spot, which you have to make a big edge Vegas in a series between those two. And, you know, it's interesting this year, too, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but Marc-Andre Fleury is back to being Marc-Andre Fleury. He came in this <laughs> year with, with a burr under the blanket and something to prove. And I think he's gone about the business of doing that. I mean, it really it, – and it would annoy me too if you bring in a guy in a trade because, let's face it, Pete DeBoer did not have confidence in Marc-Andre Fleury. That's why Robin Leonard was acquired. Absolutely. Right. So for him to pretend it was anything but that, um, you know, it, now Leonard hasn't played great, and he's been injured. He, the concussion issue didn't help him, but even when he was healthy this year – Watching him, he wasn't tracking pucks all that well. He was struggling early. He just thank you know thank God if you're the Golden Knights for Mark Andre Fleury, because he's made the difference. Um, but Leonard is starting to get better now, and they have probably the best one A one B in what we we formerly knew as the Western Conference. <laughs> to me, um, yeah, you know, I don't yeah, I don't even know what to call it now. <laughs> yeah, I know. How do we how do we kind of split the league in half right now? We don't. We have to quarter it. But for the old Western Conference, I'd say they they were the best tandem. Oh, so yeah, and they, they, without a doubt. And, and to me, uh, until they get undone, I can't make Colorado a favorite. I just can't. 
<laughs> I don't blame you. I was the same way coming into the season. I, I, and everybody was like, oh, Colorado this, Colorado that, Colorado Cup. And I'm like, I just don't see it. They have a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. But, um, I just they, – they didn't have – and I'm, I'm a firm believer that defense and goaltending is what wins you the championship. Scoring is pretty, but in the playoffs, goals are hard to come by, and keeping them out of your net is at a premium. Absolutely. Very well said. Okay, so I want to ask you this, uh, Tom. The, the Arizona Coyotes were, were predicted to not be very good. Um, somehow they've gotten themselves within a point of a playoff spot. They run into a three-game losing streak. Um, they're, they're filled with a roster full of, um, up and comers maybe is, is being polite, but, uh, is that enough in your estimation to, uh, to get into the playoffs to start with, but then go anywhere? Screen fell asleep. <laughs> so yeah, see, no, I was listen, Tom. I, I was about to say Tom doesn't know what to say because <laughs> every time you turn around and try to count Arizona out, the next thing you know, it they're on a three or four game winning streak and they're right there on the edge again. You know what? And and that's fair. That is fair to say. And I look at that team and I think to myself, man, they're really. They're good, uh, you know, but they're not good enough. I still think my four playoff teams are the ones that I started the year with, uh, and I started the year with Colorado, Las Vegas, and then St. Louis and Minnesota. Those are my four playoff teams. They're still my four playoff teams. And I'll be honest with you as I, you know, look at Arizona, uh, the, especially with both of their prime goaltenders hurt, I know they'll probably be back at some point. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think they have enough goal production. Uh, I don't think they're they're big enough on the back end. I think if you lean on that team in a seven-game series, you can make them go away. Um, there's not a lot of size and physicality on that team. I mean, Lawson Krause uh, can bang some bodies around. There's a couple of guys, but it's just they're not they're not built. They're they're a decent regular season team. They're not built for the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned, and and that's kind of where they are. They're a little bit on the small side, um, and I still think, no matter what you say, that that's great in the regular season. I just don't think it's a playoff team. Uh, here's here's what I'll say about Arizona, and uh, I, I say this to Scott, uh, you know, as we send messages back and forth. Uh, he won't win, but but I mean, has anybody? with done more with less than Rick Tockett. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, a good one. And, you know, I, I kind of look at what Tortorella keeps doing with the blue jackets. I think he's figured out a way to work a team that you look at and say, they shouldn't be very good. And yet they still manage to be a Tockett's another great example of that. The other guy who used to be a master at that and doesn't have to be as much anymore as Barry Trotz. Um, <laughs> he, he did, he made something out of nothing for years in Nashville and yep. just excelled at it. So, you know, it's a rare coach that can do that. And that is what Arizona needs. Uh, but they just don't, they don't have the pocketbook to make a splash in free agency. They haven't drafted well. Nope. Uh, where, where are you going to improve? Well, you're going to hey, have Tom, to draft better. That's for sure. Tom, think back to the days of Dave Tippett though. And when, when Dave first came to Arizona, I think he his office consisted of a cardboard box and a couple of other things. Uh, they they were on such a shoestring budget because they were owned by the league at the time, 
and he got him all the way to the Western Conference Finals against LA. So uh, I think we got to throw him in the conversation about getting the most out of his team with little to work with. So I was with Nashville that year. That was the famous uh, suspension for Radulov and, and Kostitsin. And I was with the Predators that year. Man, that was disappointing. And oh. Nashville was on paper a much better team, but Arizona just found a way to grind you down, grind you down, and then they'd score a couple opportunistic goals. Yeah, that's 100%. Uh, I, I get it. That's 100% true. Okay, so I want to ask you guys this. Um it's not only a COVID year, but the strangeness of the fact that they're all playing these division games. Um, then throw into the fact that the GMs now, especially at trade deadline, are trying to think about their rosters um, for the expansion draft. How much do you guys think, uh, we'll start with Tom on this one, but Tom, how much do you think the expansion draft played into the, um, the way the teams went into the uh, trade deadline? I think in a couple places it made moves easier to make. I don't know that anyone killed necessarily a deal that they were going to make anyway because a guy didn't have an extra year of term. But I'll give you a, a for instance. Pittsburgh goes out and gets Jeff Carter. He's got one more year on his 11-year deal. Remember when they could do those? Um, yeah. He's, he's yeah. got one more year on yeah his 11-year contract. So Carter actually is a nice candidate for the expansion draft. He comes in. Pittsburgh is going for it this year. They'll probably end up exposing him. He, now all of a sudden he's a good candidate to end up on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. But I think that in certain cases it makes players more attractive if they have that extra year because you can only protect so many guys. So, uh, I, and we're also going to see Seattle start popping up at the draft. Um, they're going to make deals and trades for protection of players. They'll probably pick up some extra picks and, and then, you know, go from there. And, and you remember when Vegas was setting itself up, George McPhee did a tremendous <laughs> oh, job at that. Do I ever. And so does every uh, general manager. Paul, uh, Paul, why don't you give us your opinion on that as well? Well, uh, I think it might have killed some of the smaller deals. I, I don't think it I, – I don't think uh, – I think contract and salary cap is everything in these deals. Um, and like Tom said, uh, Carter is, is – I thought was a great pickup for the Penguins, even though that kills me to say that. Um, uh, you know, so I don't think in the end it affected any of the deals that were made but might have affected some of the deals that weren't made. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point uh, when it comes to did something just become untenable for a team. It's like, well, if I give up this player, whoever, and he, who has some term, then all of a sudden you're exposing another guy you don't want to expose. I think there are teams who probably held on to guys that in a non-expansion year they probably would have moved. And, and Tom, you, you probably know this better than I do. Uh, you know, just from the outside looking in, all those general managers were very cranky after George McPhee, I mean, George McPhee <laughs> basically held them up at gunpoint, okay? Um, and they swore up and down, it's not going to happen with Seattle. Uh, I'll tell you that I think there will be a, at least a handful of GMs that panic and make those kind of deals anyway. Oh, I think so. And, and you know what? The funny part about McPhee, they were all mad at him. But I mean, he would he would go up to them, ask him for a dollar. And they're like, wait a minute, let me see what I got in my wallet. Just don't take the wallet. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, they didn't have to make these deals. I mean, you guys and some decided- of the guys they some of the guys they protected, Paul, were were worse than what they ended up picking up the Golden Knights, as it turns out in hindsight. I know. Listen, I mean, we all, you know, the pressure is is not going to be on on Ron Francis. The pressure is all going to be on the guys in the other end. Yeah, and I think Ron Francis has been around long enough, um, and he's savvy enough to know that he can make those phone calls and will make those phone calls and talk to people and be like, look, you know, I understand you've got XYZ player you want to keep. Uh, and and he may even, you never know. I mean, some of the craftier GMs, I would expect to throw like a curveball player in there or even maybe faint at a guy that, you know, maybe he's not as interested in just to get the feel of the room. Uh, when it comes to this draft, because here's the other thing that's going to be kind of interesting to see. Do you think there'll be the same same kind of pressure now on Seattle to win like there was on Vegas? I think the expectations are there because of the Golden Knights, and (laughs) Seattle is going to be expected to succeed right away, and they probably won't. But No, I I, I agree with that, Uh, and I think – some of that pressure will be internal, and a lot of it will be external. Wait a minute. How come Vegas did it and you guys didn't? Um, and maybe that'll be part of the fact that they couldn't get the same deals as Vegas in terms of protecting people and, and, and hitting on just about everybody they took. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even when they didn't, then they flipped them for more picks. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was uh... – It was a real fleecing. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so I want to ask Tom one more thing about uh, the Arizona Coyotes position. Tom, you've seen as well as anybody the the, uh, number of draft picks that don't exist for Arizona. If you're the the GM there, how are you going to possibly turn that around? And how long is it going to take if you're able to? Well, and that's kind of the thing is you can – if you can spend – you can put a team together to be competitive. Um, the, the the Coyotes, uh, they're in a weird spot because they, they took on all those dead contracts for a while, and now slowly right. but surely, those are going to start coming off the books. You know, the Pavel Datsuk, Arizona Coyote, um, those <laughs> days are, are coming to an end. Chris Pronger, Arizona Coyote, those days are coming to an end. So I think Nathan Horton's still a Coyote, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I think he is. I think this is his last I year. I think you're right. I think you're right. But uh, but so so this is my point is those are going to start to come open so they'll have the cap space. I just don't know that the budget is there whatsoever for this team and that's really an internal number. Of course no team discusses that, but just knowing what I know about the organization and the way things have been headed lately, I just don't see them spending in free agency. They're going to have to build through the draft, but as we just talked about with what draft picks, they're they're in a heck of a spot. I don't really know how they're going to get better unless some of these assets that they've already drafted. And we've seen some of them moved up. I talked about Kraus earlier, Connor Garland, Michael Bunting. All these guys are now on the regular roster. Um, you know, we, we saw them in the American League developing. Well, they have to hope that they hit on an absurdly high number of the guys they've already picked and then do well with the rest of the draft. And here's the thing, and, and this is the secret sauce in all this. 
just because they make the NHL in a Coyotes uniform doesn't mean they make the NHL in another uniform. You know, right. doesn't mean they're going to be competitive yeah. in other places, and you have to remember that. So, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see where they do spend their money uh, in the. Uh, um, Tom, the other thing that that we mentioned earlier was their size. They they just don't have the size, and I think right. I think is uh, they don't have the size that they need to compete with Colorado and St. Louis and Vegas and even San Jose, Los Angeles and Anaheim. I mean, they are a very small team, especially up front. And you see the frustration when a Connor Garland gets bumped around an awful lot and there's really no, no enforcement there. There's, there's no fear by any, any other team in the, in the division that there's going to be repercussions to speak of. I mean, we, we all know Ryan Reeves, right? I mean, like him or not, um, there's a lot of protection on that Vegas roster because of Ryan Reeves. Well, and pretty much straight out after the game the other day, Jonathan Marchessault called out Connor Garland. And, and you know, Garland's a kind of guy who does like to talk, so does Bunting. Um, you know, they, they get up, they chirp, they want to, you know, stir the pot. But you're right. No one's really afraid of that. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was funny to see Marchessault say, hey, come fight the small guy on the other team, meaning him. Right. Uh, you know, pick on someone your own size pipsqueak, you know, it was just kind of, it was, it was funny, but man, you're going to get pushed around. You're right. And unless you could absolutely skate circles around the other team, and I don't think the coyotes are that kind of skill level, they're always going to be that fighting for a a final playoff spot kind of team. Okay. Here's a, here's a longer term problem. And I know we're, we're going to come close here to the end Um, with healthy goaltending. The Coyotes are stuck in the middle. They're they're not as good as Colorado and Vegas, for sure. Um, Minnesota is is better than they are. Uh, St. Louis might finally be rebounding. But for now, Arizona with healthy goaltending is better than the three California teams. So where are they going? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, that... uh... I don't know that there's much I can really add to that. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. Um, and, you know, the funny thing, too, is, it, and I guess it's not really funny, haha, but funny, interesting. Um, when you look at the haves and the have-nots, I feel like there's such a line. L.A. made their little bit of a run earlier this year. Anaheim really has never shown up on the map. San Jose is trying to, you know, see if they can get a puncher's chance at it, but I just don't see it for that team. That's your dividing line. So Arizona, the bar you have to get over is either St. Louis or Minnesota. You know, it's it's not. It... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say it's not like it's not like they got a heck of a lot to to have to get over, but that's the that's the gap. That is the difference because St. Louis is a bigger physical team that'll knock you around. Minnesota has a combination of speed and physical play. Um, you know, Vegas and, and Colorado have that combination of speed and physical play. And, you know, I I just don't see how Arizona competes. Well, this is what uh, – this, is this I think, will 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 kind of seal off the Arizona talk. Not that I'm – I uh, they might be happy they're being forced to switch divisions next year. Yeah, well, maybe, uh, but <laughs> maybe. the Central's maybe not right. any easier. Well, it's not Vegas and Colorado either. <laughs> yeah, but it's Winnipeg and it's Minnesota and it's the Stars. Uh, okay, so so let's kind of wrap it up a bit and put a bow on it with this one. Um, there's been talk, uh, Tom, since the summertime about Oliver Ekman-Larsen and 
whether he's really going to continue to be a, a Coyote. And he kind of holds the cards because of his no trade clause. But um, I know there was workings that they tried to move him. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this as delicately as I can, but when you follow a Shane Doan as a captain of an organization, it's extremely difficult. So just your thoughts on Oliver Ekman Larson. A, will he be on the roster in October? And B, how difficult is it to step in and, and follow a guy like Shane Dunn? I think he stays in Arizona. Uh, I don't know that there's the appetite to pay a defenseman who built his game on speed and puck handling who's aging and slowing down, uh, and he's his contract is not small. Um, you know, he requires some cash outlay, and I think Arizona is the place for him. He will continue to get paid there. He'll continue to be the most popular guy on the team, uh, and that's, you know, what what he's going to be able to do is is be able to play probably a couple of years longer even than, uh, than he might normally anywhere else, kind of like Doan did. Because he's in Arizona, they love him, they want him to be around, and quite frankly, they need him to be around. Uh, I know they, they explored moving him. I just I, I don't see another team, if you could spend that same money on another player somewhere, that you're not doing that. I think, I think he stays, and I think he remains the captain until he retires. And they'll still okay. have cap space to sign Austin Matthews. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's got to win a cup with uh, Toronto first. Oh, then he's never going to probably lure him away. Then he's never going to lure him away. Then they can probably lure him. (laughs) Okay, I think we we hashed all of that over. Um, I got to get Tom's opinion on one last thing, and that's the AHL. Uh, You're very familiar with AHL teams as well as NHL teams, but what's been your thought uh, so far this season on what Henderson has done? I know you cover them as well, and um, – uh, what a great start, but was there any surprise in you? I mean, uh, Paul and I were at uh, the first day of training camp, and I said, Logan Thompson is going to be a star in the AHL for sure. Um, the depth that they have, the, the confidence that they have, but just your thoughts, uh, Tom, if you could, about Henderson. You know, what's been interesting, too, is to see some of the guys who, um, to make this about both organizations, um, it was surprising to see a guy like, say, Dylan Coughlin, who kind of came out of nowhere from under the radar at camp, and all of a sudden, they really liked him, and he was not slated to be a part of the Golden Knights. So, you know, some of those guys have made their way up. Then the flip side of that is you have a guy like Cody Glass, who... I'll be honest with you, I think needs more time in the American Hockey League. I think they tried to rush him. He wasn't ready. Uh, you know, he needs to spend maybe a season or two in the AHL. Uh, and that's just that's typical of, of hockey today. But, boy, Henderson is off to a, a, a nice and I'll say surprising start because you never know what you're going to get with a, a first-year franchise. Um, and of course, a lot of people have said, well, the Golden Knights don't have any depth. They don't have any draft picks. They've traded away Brandstrom. They've traded, you know, like, okay, so they have moved some guys, but they've still been collecting all these other picks. <laughs> and they've got um, a lot I, of quality on that team. They, they do. Me. They do. That's a deep team. And I, I think the people just. Look, if you're not a Golden Knights fan, I understand there's that undercurrent there. You kind of want to see these guys fail. You're sick of listening to it. Um, you know, so you're like, well, maybe their AHL team won't be that good. Maybe we can root for in three to four or five years once, you know, there's no more Pacioretty and no more Stone. Maybe the, they won't be as good. 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, once once Flurry's gone, as you mentioned, Logan Thompson uh, looks to be the heir apparent, and he's off to a tremendous start as well. And they they just and there's not a position I can think of where I look at Henderson and draw the lines up to the Vegas Golden Knights roster where I say, boy, the the VGK might be in trouble in a couple of years if they don't fill in this hole, fill in that hole. These guys all look like they're on track. They're developing the right way. Um, you know, they have a very controlled system in Vegas. And outside of, like I say, I think they tried to rush glass a little bit, but Coglin's been a revelation. He's come on. Uh, some of the other younger D, like White Cloud, I think really developed last year. You know, and, and there's guys stepping up to fill those holes. It's been tremendous to watch. It, and I, I think it's, you know what, it's good for the game that you see AHL teams with developmental success because that's, number one, the league needs it to survive. But number yeah. two, I mean, that's great hockey. The American it League really is great is. hockey. And, and I think people need to understand that, hey, the guys who are playing there are in the NHL tomorrow. And you need to understand yeah. that, that, that this is where they grow as people and as players, and it's fun to watch. Well, I'll tell you, Tom, right now I am three and a half miles from the Budweiser Event Center. I'm going to see the Colorado Eagles and the Bakersfield Condors two nights in a row. And uh, I can't wait to see what they bring because Colorado has been coming on too. And um, they're a little bit different. I don't think they quite have the, the, the balance that, that Henderson has, but good Lord. I mean, and then you look at a team like the Tucson Roadrunners and, and poor Steve Potvin uh, just keeps losing his players to the big club and has to reload again. And I know after talking to him several times that, that he says, you know, that's my job is to send them to the big club. So, but man, it's gotta be frustrating uh, to not be able to set your sights on winning because every time you get a quality player, he gets called up. It it is tough. It really is. And injuries are just the worst. Uh, You know, when, and I've been in the, I've been at the low, low minors when you lose a player up, to the American League. I've been in the American League when you have to play an ECHL goalie uh, or a pair of ECHL defensemen. It's a it's a step up. Um, but then in the NHL, it's a little bit less of a step up, but boy, it hurts your AHL team because you think you're putting it together. And then all of a sudden, you know, the big club loses a goalie. They lose a, a top defenseman. And more and more, teams didn't used to do this. They used to call up the best player on the minor league team and stick him on the fourth line. Uh, they don't do that anymore, you know, which which is dumb. You want a guy to succeed. Oh, let's call up the leading goal scorer and put him in a checking role. But right. that's what used to happen. <laughs> now I think that it's situational where if you lose a right shot D, who is a power play second, second power play unit guy, that's what you call up. Uh, you know, it, it, it has kind of turned into that. So at least those players get valuable experience when they do go up and when they come down, they do make the American Hockey League team better uh, as opposed to going up for a week, playing a checking role, coming down with one assist and a minus three. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thanks for, uh, for jumping in and talking professional hockey with me on a big uh, draft, uh, draft <laughs> trade deadline day. I'm all mixed up guys. Uh, we got That's less normal. than 20 games left. Yeah, there's less than 20 games left until we start seeing the playoffs. And I think that's going to be really fun. So thanks for giving me your insight. I promise we're going to get you both back on again and, and talk about this as we get closer to the playoffs. And then, of course, during the playoffs. But thanks for joining me. Have a good evening. And, uh, you know, keep watching NHL hockey. Good night, guys. 
All right. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, next time, Scott, we'll also maybe we can even bring up Arizona State a little bit next time. We'll we'll get Paul going. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's <laughs> oh well, that's uh, all down. Need. I mean, that's all we need, Tom, is to get him going. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks right, for having guys. me, guys. I, I look forward anytime. Let me know. Good night, all guys. Right, have a good night. Resorts and Casinos, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our new Extra Añejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get yours tonight at MexicanMoonshine.com. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Street Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant. We are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Verizon Wireless. The 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all of your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there are so many delicious choices, it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort Casino Hotel, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Alrighty, folks, I do want to say a big thank you to Tom Callahan for joining me tonight, as well as my co-hosts on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, for jumping in, giving their two cents worth on the uh, the uh, trade deadline day. And uh, as the uh, professional season moves on, we get closer and closer to playoffs, and that will be exciting, whether it be the uh, AHL or NHL. So we'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro, and we'll say Tune in tomorrow. We got a very special show for you. We got Dave Starman on tomorrow on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Good night, everybody.